Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. As an empowerment consultant, author, and international speaker, it is my heart's desire to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle you deal with, find your focus, and ultimately build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Lioness, put your seatbelt on if you dare. Get ready to fill your soul tank with weekly affirmations, take your life to 11 with each thought-provoking moment, and spark that beautiful flame of inspiration by listening to the Moxie Chats with magnificent women sharing their signature sass, Moxie, and fire. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. I have such a special, special guest today. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Ginger Wilcox. We have known each other. I was trying to think back, like, when did we first meet? It's at least a decade. It was definitely at an Inman event. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. These are the highlights, you know, are, <laughs> uh, but I, I can't pinpoint it. And, you know, darn it, Facebook doesn't tell me. It tells me everything else, but it doesn't tell me that. I'm going to share a little bit about Ginger and tell you about some of the highlights. So her Facebook profile says she's a mom, a marketer, a lover of social spreadsheets, spinning, and the beach. Nice. So Ginger is a startup veteran and recognized leader in the real estate, mortgage, and fintech industries. She's plowed fresh ground with disruptive companies and new business models and is known for solving tough business problems with her innovative approach to strategy and growth. Ginger's currently the chief experience officer at Home Point Financial, one of the fastest growing non-bank lenders in the United States. Okay, so I know you're already thinking I have a million questions for her and you're right. All right, in 2019, Home Point Financial funded more than 22 billion in mortgage loans and serviced more than 200,000 customers. Now, here's the kicker, everyone. Six weeks into her first CXO job at Home Point Financial, COVID-19 struck. She's going to share how they moved all their associates home, celebrated the biggest origination month in history, had a massive number of customers lose their jobs. Um, <clears throat> forbearance, hello. And how she's kept it together through it all. Um, oh, and to top it off, she's hiring like wildfire in all of this. So without further ado, Ginger, oh my goodness, welcome to a Moxid chat. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. It's so nice to be here. It's it's a long time coming. It's been a while. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think in the role you were in before this, we tried back and forth to get you in the studio for a moxie chat, and we just could not coordinate our crazy travel schedules. <laughs> and so, you know what? We're at home now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have time now to sit, have a coffee, have a chat. Oh my goodness. So let's let's dig into the biz stuff for a, a minute. And then we're going to come back to more about Ginger. We're going to talk about how you define success and all of the traditional Moxie chat conversations. But I really want to dig into this. What the heck is happening out there as a leader in your space? You take this awesome chief experience officer role and then 
dun, 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 dun. So kind of walk us through, um, you started what, in, in February? I started the very end of January. Yeah. Very end of January. Okay. Give us, give us the download. Give us this, give us your story. Yeah. So um, I started at the end of January. They kind of came into HomePoint with a fairly large charter to create a, an organization from the ground up that, um, that really doesn't exist within the company. And the first, the first four, four weeks or so were, were sort of crazy, spending a lot of time out on the road, meeting with customers, meeting with our associates, and um, just getting up to speed. And uh, you know, started sort of the, the annual event process, which is always kicking off in February. We were pretty busy. And one of the trips that we had was our annual sales conference, taking our top sales leaders to celebrate their successes from 2019. We headed to Puerto Rico for that event. And it was right as as it was starting to hit the news that the COVID situation was happening and and we were we were definitely paying attention, had started a you know business planning for that, uh, but weren't weren't sure what to do. We decided to to continue to have that event and it, if it would have been a week later, we definitely would have canceled it. While we're at the event, we we recognized that things were going to be pretty bad. And we actually sent part of our leadership team home. I stayed um, because I was responsible for the event. Uh, but by the time I got home um, from that trip, the world really had changed and we knew the world was changing. And that Monday I went to the um, I went to the office, which happens to be my office at home, my home office. <laughs> uh, so you you've always been in remote role in, in this. You were hired remote. I was hired remote. remote. My okay. first my first full-time remote role ever. I've always been based in San Francisco. So this was a new change for me, but I was expecting to be um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where our company is headquartered at least two weeks out of the month. And you know, came home to my home office, had actually planned a business trip for that week, but I canceled it, came home, and it was clear that we needed to do a lot of a lot of things. Um, so we immediately kind of put into place our business planning process and um, had to move all of our associates home. We, we took an early decision to, to move our employees out of the offices. And we actually accomplished that in three days, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Three days. Um, wow. Three days. Um, and that includes our call centers as well. So we have, um, at the time, we've grown quite a bit since then, but we had 17, about 1,700 employees in five major offices throughout the U.S., um, including um, our servicing call centers, which now are incredibly important for our um, borrowers who are needing additional assistance. Uh, but we moved all of them home in three days. And then from there, you know, it started to, to recognize that, <laughs> that things were really going to change and we needed to get lined up and figure out how we're going to communicate with borrowers who are going to be facing hardship. It was clear immediately that the way that we interacted with our customers had to change. And um, when the CARES Act was announced, um, and forbearance became an option. Uh, as you can imagine, lenders were, this is something totally new. None of us expected. It was totally unprecedented. And so we had to figure out how we would communicate with um, with our borrowers. The first day that that was announced, it brought down our call center. Um, the phone lines went down, which was a really, really awful day. And as I sat back and looked at how are we going to communicate and figure and, and identify a better path for our borrowers who do not want to be sitting on the phone and putting ourselves in the shoes of people who have just faced their um, the loss of their jobs, um, potentially have sick loved ones, that we needed to to do something different. I'm very fortunate that we moved fast and we actually put together a, a technology innovation team that spent um, about a week, actually it was less than a week, it was probably, it might have been three days, that we, we built a, a capability for borrowers to actually be able to apply for their forbearance online without having to call into the call center. 
And so within a matter of days, we were actually able to take call center times that were kind of through the roof to there. Our call center times are now back to normal, um, normal whole times. Um, we're hearing some of our competitors are six plus hours at times. And yeah, I would say that a big part of that was being able to react and move very quickly to be able to, to create options for our customers. Wow. Three is your magic number. <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> that's, I can't believe it. You moved. And, you know, here's the thing is like, it's not just about people not driving into work, right? To get people set up in a home space is not just w- wiggle your nose like Samantha. There's a lot of logistics that go behind that. That says a lot about your IT and your HR departments. Wow. Like, wow, 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 wow. Congratulations yeah. on that. Um, and I love that. So you were hired as the chief experience officer. This is your first time you've been in that role. So that is usually a title that people think, well, what is that? What do you do? Like, what was your job description? I'd love to know what you thought it was going to be and then what it turned into being inside kind of, you know, the crisis mode. Well, the, you know, my charter is, is fairly broad and that's to deliver an exceptional experience. You know, at the, at the core, we believe that consumer adoption or partner adoption is all about the value that you deliver to your, to your customers and your partners. And that all the marketing in the world, all the branding in the world doesn't really matter if you're not delivering a really unique and exceptional customer experience. And so I was brought in to think about that holistically throughout the business, starting actually with the employees or associates, because you know, we've always believed that if you have great engaged employees, that they're going to deliver that to your end customer. Um, and then carrying that through to our borrowers, we have um, over 200,000 borrowers whose loans are serviced through HomePoint every month. And then on the origination side as well, we work with a lot of mortgage brokers throughout the U.S. We're the, the number three wholesale broker in the country. And wow. um you know, my charter was really when I'm thinking about the top priorities coming in was around employee engagement, delivering a better borrower experience and continuing to build out our home ownership platform that we have for the homeowners and then yeah. um, continuing to build better tools for brokers so that they can deliver better service to their borrowers that they work with. It's still the same mission, but what we're doing is quite a bit different. And I did not anticipate three months ago that I would be a forbearance expert <laughs> or um, <laughs> loss mitigation and, and a lot of uh, those things. I've, I've been in real estate for a long time. So obviously I remember 2008, but the experience has changed and the experience we have to deliver to everybody has changed. Uh, there's been significant changes in credit models and the types of loan programs that are available. And so the level of communication that's been required to all of our constituents is enormous. And and for me personally, I came into a team that wasn't yet established. And so I don't have a corporate communications person yet. I don't have a PR person yet. And you're hearing some of my open my open roles yes. um, <laughs> that, um, that we have um, and, and not having that established team, but having this most significant communication need you can ever have in, in a position has been uh, interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, and you know, I think that there is, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the green room. There's, there's this layer of disappointment for a lot of people in, in the real estate industry in particular right now, and not about their businesses, but about roles that they were stepping into. And, you know, it's a heavily volunteer run industry. I mean, yeah. 
the Association of Realtors is that those presidents, those VPs, though all of the committees, those are all people who give of their time. And those people who stepped into president roles, whether it's with their their local or state association, whether it's women's council, those people who are president level, you know, who are planning to be able to do some travel and see other people and experience other things, there's a level of disappointment in there. And I, I you know, my heart goes out to them. You know, my heart goes out to them because it's it's a year that they get to do that and probably a lot different than they expected it to be. So how are you helping, um, you know, how are you personally kind of working through the shift? And then I'm assuming that it's happening to your employees, too, who, you know, you probably have some extroverts in your in their homes that are bouncing (laughs) off the walls going, this is what I signed up for, lady. How You know, how how does that what are the words of wisdom that you have for the community on that? You know, the, my philosophy has been through all of this and the message that I've shared with my team, um, you know, weekly really is that I feel like I personally have an enormous responsibility. I took this role on and as a company, we have an enormous responsibility to the customers that we serve. And I, every leader who has taken on their role, whether they're a volunteer or whether they're paid right now is, uh, and maybe it's hard and it's, it's really hard at times to be a leader Uh, when you're dealing with your own personal crisis as well. But the way I've taken it is that what I can and the gift that I can give back, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a medical practitioner, but uh, I am good at my job. And by doing that and delivering on that and and thinking about what's best for our, our employees, what's best for our customers, what's best for our partners is my way of giving back right now. So to those that are, are taking on something and it wasn't what you expected, it, it, it may be different, but oh, what a what a rewarding opportunity that we have and a gift that we have to be able to to actually help people in a way that we can. I love that. Oh, Ginger, this is one of the many reasons I love you is because you <laughs> have this way of looking at things that are saying, you know, um, there's always a beautiful way, a beautiful filter to look at life. And sometimes it's harder than others. And right now is one of those times where it can be harder for some. There are some of us though, who are, are thriving their own version of thrive right now, who are able to (laughs) step it up, right. Who are able to, you know, have higher energy. You know, I am an ambivert. I tend to gain my energy in my quiet time. So I got a lot of it right now. Right. Like I am not going up and down, uh, you know, escalators at airports and running and unpacking and packing and unpacking and packing and doing all of those things that in 2019, you know, I spent a lot of time and energy planning, unpacking, setting things up. I mean, that I don't have to do. And so I am moving that energy into the the service side of things. And so I think for those of you who are watching live, who are listening live, who are listening to the replay, think about how you can translate that in your world. How can you look at what you're doing right now as your ministry, your way of serving and giving back to your community? Because it truly is. Our purpose doesn't look like anyone else's, but our purpose isn't 
so incredibly unique that the world doesn't have more people doing it. So you can link arms with other people who are doing things that are similar. So I love, I love linking arms with leaders who are stepping up and stepping into their, their purpose in this time is such a beautiful thing. So let's talk a little bit about ginger and um, <laughs> let's, let's walk through some of these questions because I, I, they weave so beautifully into what we're talking about here. And the first First question, and and one of the most popular inside the community is, how do you define success? You know, I think that that for me, success is is about achieving what um, what I've set out to do. And I oftentimes I think we think of success as this place that you get to, and once you're there, you're kind of there. And I, I think that 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 viewpoint tends to lead towards disappointment because it's always evolving and what success looks like continues to evolve. And it depends on where, what part of your life that, that you're looking at. For me personally, um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely driven and uh, I work incredibly hard, but that my professional success certainly gives me, um, gives me reward, but where I, I, you know, what my goal is and why I do that is for my family. And so I think that sometimes we get caught up in this meaning of success as being money or um, titles or, or career. But at the end of the day, it's about where you're at at that point in time and trying to achieve your goals. So I don't know if that's a very specific answer, but that's how I think about it. It is. And I specifically love how you, uh, how you, bring it home and talk about how it's constantly evolving. And I think that is, that's part of the recipe, Ginger, that makes you a unique and powerful leader because it isn't a, when I get here, I will be happy. I will be successful. I will have arrived, right? That it's all, there's always something that you're looking towards that you are, you know, striving for that you are looking out towards. And, you know, that really shows up in all aspects. That's the woman I know you to be, the, the woman I follow on social media. I know you are her, right? You share, you're very authentic with who you are. You're passionate about travel. You're passionate about spinning and, and causes and all sorts of beautiful things that fuel you, right? I like to say they yeah. fill your soul tank. And that allows you to look at success in this beautiful, fluid evolving way. So I think that's a, a beautiful definition. I, I love it. <laughs> so that works actually beautifully to help us go right into that. The second question, which is the three words, what are Ginger's three words that describe you best and why? I had to think about this um, uh, when you asked me this question and uh, the three words I picked were passion, um, or passionate, uh, driven, and caring. And trying to think about how I would define like passion versus drive, but they're, they are different um, because passion is about that thing that you're incredibly um, care deeply about. And ultimately for people that are driven, it's how you get to, I guess, deliver on some of those passion goals that you have. Yeah. I've always been uber passionate. I'm an Aries uh, born in March. And I think it kind of shows through my personality. I'm definitely the Ram pushing through when I want to do things uh, <laughs> because I, I care so deeply about what I do. And so to me, those three words are actually really interwoven together because sometimes I care too much, which can be a challenge because I, sometimes I forget about myself in that process, which is something I continue to learn. And I'm evolving my own success criteria around that. But um, my care for whether it's my family, whether it's my um, team members, my community, deep, I care deeply about my community is drives a lot of what I do. 
Yeah. Well, and again, I, I see it, I, uh, you know, from the cycle for survival. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about that. Like, I, I saw something fly by uh, Jim Wahlberg's, you know, he his roses showed up and I and then I looked on your Facebook page to snag your description and I saw your cover of uh, photo and I thought, how's that working? Are you all doing it virtually this year? Like what <laughs> d- did I miss it? I mean, usually I get the emails from from you and from Jim about it, but I thought what like I, I actually I have concern about these organizations that have always done these in person rallies. I, I think What's, do you know? Do you know what's happening? Did it happen? Did we miss it? You know, interestingly enough, I did not do Psycho Survival for this year because I had um, my first work event that, that weekend. And so I did not participate. Um, but I think that we have to find new ways to, to fuel those passions, um, yeah. whether they're at home on my spin bike, which is sitting next to me <laughs> or somewhere else. Like our community and how we go about supporting it may be different, but yeah. you just find a different way. Well, yeah, that's so interesting. So a couple weeks ago on the Woman Up Weekly update, we were talking um, with Leslie, you know, and she's a soul cycle girl. Like mm-hmm. it runs, it's like she's, her blood has been exchanged. She now yeah. has soul cycle blood, but she was like, I have to get a Peloton because I can't like, you know, <laughs> but, but what that created was a wildfire under that, right? Like Nikki right. Beauchamp and Sandra Miller were like, Hey, let's do a group ride. And you know, we can't, we're not getting together this week in April uh, in Sacramento for ledge day for all of the meetings that everyone was again, looking forward to going to and attending and seeing each other and hugging and all of those things, but we can get on our bikes. We can get on Zoom and share. We can, you know, create conversations on Be Live TV with pretty backgrounds and, <laughs> and you know, share what we're going through and, and how we're working through it. Um, and it, it just, it reminds me again to say those people who are out there who are passionate, like Ginger, who are cause driven, reach out to those causes that you've supported in the past and ask them if they need help, especially the real estate industry often gives itself, it's like self-deprecating. Like they're, they're not fast enough. They're not tech savvy enough, but they are so incredibly tech savvy as an industry. It's blows my mind. And so the things that we know just naturally are things that can help nonprofits out a whole lot. So if you find you've got some time, you want to teach your nonprofit pals how to use Zoom, do it. Like help them out. Cause I do, I I do, I don't want to say worry, but I have concern that that we're worried so much about work and home and school and all those things that we're forgetting about those people who, you know, depend on us for you know that $10 or that $100 here or there. Psst. Hey, it's me. Well, you are listening to the Fire Up podcast, but we'll be right back to the show after this break. Have you heard I'm working on an exciting new collaboration with Molly McKinley of Intentionalities? We're putting together a moxilicious bundle with my new book, a journal, affirmation cards, a candle, matches to light your soul tank on fire, and a special empowerment blend tea to sip on while you enjoy the process. Head on over to moxieonfire.com, add your name to the list for updates, and reserve a bundle or two today as you wish. Again, that's moxieonfire.com. All right, back to the show. I think that it's sort of an interesting time for real estate because, um, you know, now more than ever, home has a new meaning. Uh, 
And now that we're, we're all in our homes and our communities have new meaning and real estate agents have always been at the core of the communities that they serve. And there's this every, my mom's a realtor. I've been a realtor. My husband's a realtor. Um, and the, the common trait that I see in the majority of real estate agents that I know is a deep care for their, their community. And, and most of them give back pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some ways, I think like this is the time for real estate agents to also shine because they're the pillars of their community and their communities need them. And home is now so much more important than ever that there's I see that as, a, as an opportunity for us to do more and give back more. Absolutely. Well, and this is very different than 2008, which was real estate driven. I mean, right, we, exactly. we were the culprits. Yes. <laughs> this is, we are not the culprits this time. No. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, that was so tough. Yeah. Oh, that was so tough. And on the other side of this, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I've had lots of conversations with friends and clients who are looking at their homes. You know, I've, uh, you know, even friends who are, you know, 20, 25 years senior who have kind of been hanging on to their family's house, that, that place they raised their kids in. And now they're looking around going, why am I rattling around in this huge house? Yeah. And so I, I think it's e- even people who have been thinking I'm going to stay here, or like I'm going to age in place are going, yeah, nah. Like, is that where you want to age? <laughs> like, I decided I really don't want to, to be here. And yeah. because we're, we have been in our homes now, I, we've here in Seattle, the last meal we shared with friends was February 29th. Wow. I mean, we've been doing this, this is for two months. Yeah. And, and where the first couple of weeks in March, they were like, well, this is you know, kind of just be careful, uh, you know, mid March is when they really did the lockdown. So yeah. six weeks of, you know, shelter in place, please stay, stay safe at home. Um, we know our homes more than ever. We know our spouses and our children and our dogs yeah, and sure. our neighbors, like <laughs> we have experienced home on such a different level. And, you know, Andrew and I have fallen in love with our home again. Like we yeah. really have. It's not, it isn't that place where it's like my suitcase sits in the hallway for three weeks after a trip because I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta empty it out. Like I yeah. actually know what the carpet looks like underneath that spot. <laughs> <laughs> I put my suitcase away for the first time in like three years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me too. It was like a little yeah. ceremony over here. I'm like, yeah. I took the battery out, put the battery in a little envelope in my desk. Yeah. I'm like, look at this. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm sure Away isn't thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people in that space, but I have a feeling they're set for a while with the amount they charge for a suitcase. So hopefully. Um, all right, let's let's talk about habits. So we, you know, we we've talked about success, we've talked about, you know, kind of the core words that that describe you, which are very powerful, passionate, driven words, right? So what's a habit you're trying to build right now? Uh, the big one for me is actually relaxation, which was happening prior to COVID. I think that I had a really rough couple of years. The last couple of years were hard due to personal, um, you know, cancer kind of struck a few people that were super close to me. And I kind of gave everything that I had to my work and have given everything I've, I've had. I always have. That's part of who I am. But I realized that I really needed to find the ever elusive balance that we're all looking for. And last year, my word was balance. And I realized that that was hard for me to achieve. (laughs) So this year, I decided to change it up a little bit. And so I've been on a journey to be able to meditate and 
relax, read more, and do some of those things that kind of center you and bring you down. I, I, I tend to be very like high strung, I guess maybe is the word. So I'm, I'm finding that time in my day to, and sometimes I meditate during the middle of the day. If I've had a rough meeting, then I'll take three minutes and I'll stop and I'll meditate. And it's really changed a lot for me to be able to do that. It's not been easy because I have a really hard time meditating. Um, <laughs> you me, sister. Oh, my gosh. I have to do yeah. guided. I I, I yeah. had to just set aside this idea that I was going to be Zen on the top of a rock in Sedona. Like, <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. What's so interesting is, you know, Molly McKinley. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing a lot of collaboration. We're collaborating on my next book. So she's helping me build this a gorgeous collaboration box that's got tea and candles and all wow. sorts of wonderful things in it um, to create the experience that I want people to feel and have. And so we actually were chatting kind of on a, I don't know, two, three times a week. And we're like, well, why don't we just do this on Facebook Live once a week. And so we've been doing this show on Tuesday afternoons, um, tea time for her, 4.30, but 1.30 here on the West Coast mm-hmm. called Spill the Tea. Duh. And um, one of the things that we've woven into it is she starts us off with a breathing exercise and we end with a meditation exercise. And what's so much fun about that is, you know, she's yogini, right? Like she's, if they had black belts, she would be like black belt. (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, five, the 500 hours that she's put into that, she's really leveraging that and sharing it with all of us. And even down to how we hold our hands. And so while I'm meditating now, I'm actually using some of those practices. And it's like, that is one of the beautiful gifts, Ginger, that I see in this time is that, you know, we do have the found time from all of our travel. There, there is time that we have found that is precious and new that we didn't have before. There's the commute time. You know, used to be sitting in a car, we don't have to. How we invest that time right now and how we direct our thoughts during that time is so key into who we're going to be on the other side of this, right? Are we going to be mangled and running around like, you know, mayhem struck? Or will we be more at peace because we took three minutes after a crazy meeting because you were sharing with me, you know, you're in this time, it's crisis mode. So your days start with like a, a COVID check-in. And then one of the neat things that you're doing that I'd love for you to share is, you know, how you touch base with your employees every day right now, right? Yeah. So what does that look like on your side? You know, it's been really interesting because when we started out and moved everybody home, obviously the first part of that is just logistics and getting everybody there. But then it became clear that it wasn't just about the, the physical part of it, that that people needed, um, they needed something more. And it may not necessarily be because their equipment didn't work or they weren't able to get a loan um, done on time. Everything that we're dealing with externally also impacts our work. And yeah, you know, I do. I start my day every day at 530 in the morning with a COVID conference call, which is a really hard way to start your day. And I at first and I normally work out in the morning. So this now this new process kind of in- interrupted my workout time. And I figured out that I now actually do my COVID conference call and then I'll go. I, I ride my bike and then I'll get back to my work day, which has been really helpful for me to get my kind of like my psyche in place. But for our associates, we were finding that 
people were working a whole lot more, so they weren't taking the time off that they need. We actually implemented a mandatory take a day off within a 40-day period. Every employee in the company has to take a non-weekend day off, and it doesn't impact their time off or anything later in the year because we felt like people are like, well, why would I take any time off right now because I can't go anywhere? But you yeah. still need that break. Um, and we found that because we started doing, I guess it's been about five weeks ago or so, we started doing a daily check-in. And it's a pulse survey. It's five. It's just a simple question, one question. It takes people five seconds to do. And it just says, how are you feeling on a scale of one um, being the best and five being the most stressed out? And people um, just mark what that is. And then they can enter a comment. And we look at them every day. We actually summarize them. We publish the summary of how people are feeling. So we're totally transparent. People know if people are feeling on average a three or if they're feeling a two and a half. And, <laughs> and that helps us think about other ways we can support them. And so this take a break program where we're giving um, the associates a time off is one. We found out through, through the comments that a lot of people were stressed out because their family and friends had been laid off. And so we introduced a family and friends hiring program because we do have a lot of jobs open where... They can refer their friends in and we um, are trying to, to place them as much as we can. And that's rewarding to me to be able to do those little things during a time that's really challenging. Oh, my goodness. I bet, you know, it is an honor right now to share good news. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it be there's so many harbingers of bad news right now. There's, you know, the news alone. Right. The media. Ah! Like, yeah, the media is a four letter word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how that translates, but it's it, it is crazy right now. And so being able to, you know, ask simple one to five and you were mentioning that it's you know, you could do this in Google, right? You can yeah. do the, the scale in Google, you know, add a little comment box if somebody has something. I mean, this reminds me kind of like church, right? It's like, you know, um, your prayer request, right? It's like asking your community for what they need is so important right now. Yeah. And and so what do you do when somebody is saying, I'm stressed out, like 10 days in a row? Like what happens? Is there like a process or are you like, yeah. what does that look like? So there's, there are a couple of things we do. One is that we do, we, you know, we roll up the results so that um, our leadership team can look at them and identify what things we might need to do. Um, uh, but then also on the individual level, if somebody does indicate that they're on a, a high level, then we'll ask, either, it depends on the situation, either their manager will reach out or one of the executive team members will reach out to them and just check in with them, which is really important. Um, we, yeah, I, I've had an associate on on my team who's been at the highest stress level for for a number of uh, really weeks, and it's not because her work's hard; it's because she actually was diagnosed with um, with the virus, and so she was on not one of those that were significantly sick. She made the choice to still continue to work since she was at home and she was able to do so, but it was stressing her out. In other situations, it may be something bigger. We had one situation with a manager who wasn't used to managing remote associates and many of the associates had little kids and wasn't able to adjust on the fly to dealing with kind of the demands of somebody who suddenly has all these kids that are at home. Oh. And it's, it was, you know, kind of a big deal. And we saw from multiple surveys, different people had indicated that that was um, a challenge. And so we were able to go back and provide that manager coaching so that they could understand how to work through that, because it's really important that people provide flexibility. So we're right. trying to put really significant action on those. 
And it, it's, it's such a simple process. I think we actually, it's not a Google form. We, I think ours was a, like a SharePoint form, but it's the same thing. It, yeah. it took a, a matter of minutes to create, but the impact of it is significant. Yeah. And it, again, it's something that's easy for anyone to implement. I mean, yeah. agents could even do this this with their their clients, their current clients, their yeah. past clients. I mean, we're trying to find ways to reach out in a way that isn't isn't aggressive, isn't focused on selling something that really is coming from a servant hearted perspective. And I think that's a great, a great option for sure. And and I love that, you know, it's not anonymous. Like this isn't an anonymous survey. This is tell me how you're feeling because I want to pay attention to that and Mm -hmm. I want to step in. And the ability to give grace on both sides, right, to employees who need grace, to to the the leaders who've never done this before. I mean, that manager has never done it before. So and if he doesn't have kids or he's, you know, a non-involved parent, like it would be very difficult to have patience for something you've never experienced before, yeah, right? Yeah, it's unprecedented for sure. I mean, and and so I love that that it's not you're it's not like you're kicking anybody to the curb because they can't figure it out. It's this is the this is the oh, it's a white flag, not a red flag, a white flag. Like I need help. I think that's so yeah. beautiful. Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, one last question, and then I'm going to do a little bit of rapid fire, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, this is, of course, my favorite question. And that is, what does Moxie mean to you? Uh, This is definitely your favorite one. Um, I think for me, Moxie is persistent Mm. because there's always a roadblock. There's always some stumbling block that's in our way. You know, when we talked about success earlier and this constantly evolving version of success, that persistence is what ultimately I believe gets us through good times and bad times because yeah. you can be have an overabundance of things to do in good times. That's moxie to me is persistence. I love it. It's such a great word. I, I love the word persistence. Uh, it, you know, all the words around moxie that people have chosen over, you know, the last, I don't know, I guess I've been asking it for three years, maybe four they all kind of have this feeling and I love more than the words. I love the look that people mm-hmm. get on their face when they're talking about it, because it's such a, it, it, it is a fun word. I mean, you can't yeah. say moxie and, and be in a bad mood. No, <laughs> like, yeah, there's something about it. It's like, there's this fire. Um, but and, and it's definitely a word I associate with you. Um, it's like, yay, that <laughs> there's, and I think as women in particular, that we have this fire that exists within us. And when you channel that, that's um, through the persistence of what everything that we do, it's really powerful. I agree. That is my life's purpose, sister, is to help every woman tap into that valiant warrior inside of her. And yeah, we're fighters. You know, we're seeing it. You know, I we're seeing it in the countries that have female leadership. It's not that all of the le- countries led by men aren't doing well plenty are doing well. Yeah. But almost all, if not all of the countries that are led by women have had such a different experience with COVID. And I th- there's a lot of the feminine energy and how we look at things that is coming into play and that people are recognizing to be as important as the male definition and the masculine energy at the table. And I am so thrilled about that. I, I think it from in, in my practice, it is one of 
the best things that will come out of COVID and all of this for sure. Okay. Are you ready for some uh, rapid fire? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is on your nightstand? Oh, um, books and my Kindle. Books in your Kindle. I love it. Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh, Sound of Music. <gasps> really? Okay. Uh, uh, this is not rapid fire, but you know, my husband is related to the Von Trapps. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe Mary, Mary Poppins could be in there too. Um. <laughs> I love it. I love that you love musicals. Oh. Okay. Um, do you have a pet? I do. His name's Gibson. Gibson. He's a little white for a ball. He's eight. Well, I was going to say he's 18 pounds, but he might be a little heavier now. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting COVID snacks like the rest of us. Woo! Um, biggest pet peeve? Oh. Insincerity. Ooh, good one. Your favorite beverage? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Probably I'd say champagne. Mm, see another beautiful thing we have in common. Remember the trip to Napa? Yeah. Remember yes. the bubble? Remember the white room? Oh my yeah. gosh, that was so much fun. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> <sighs> okay. What song is on repeat right now? Oh. Oh, I'm embarrassed to admit this. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh chants um with my meditation practice so i've got a couple of um buddhist chants that are on massive repeat right now on my spotify (laughs) oh i don't think that's to be be embarrassed about at all i think that's lovely oh my goodness that's very very zen of you all right dark chocolate or milk chocolate oh milk chocolate for sure (laughs) all right what would you be doing right now if you were not the cxo uh, inside or outside of lockdown, <laughs> what, whatever COVID doesn't count in this. Uh, one of two things, one's more altruistic than the other one. I've always said that I wanted to run, um, a shelter for women that were abused. Um, so that's my, my long-term, uh, goal, but part of me always has wanted to be sort of like a, a luxury travel agent. Cause I love traveling so much that, I've been putting together my own trips and um, I know I wouldn't really actually want to do that, but it sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. And well, I maybe myself. both of those could be kind of paired <laughs> in, you know, when you, when you decide to refire into that, you know, the, the next, <laughs> the next act, I love both of those. And maybe one could fund the other. Oh my goodness. N- now I want to idea storm on that. All right. <laughs> Two more. Okay. What, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I don't know if I can answer that question. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe decisiveness. <laughs> Usually not a problem. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Okay. The last question is who would play you in the movie of your life? That's a good question. I don't know. People sometimes tell me I look like Jane Krakowski, which <laughs> maybe. Uh... Yeah, I could see a cross between her and maybe Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I'm not sure I see that, but <laughs> thank you. Oh, I do. I definitely do. I love that. All right. So you have mentioned a couple of times that you've got some job openings. And I know that you posted about it on social media and were flooded yeah. with <laughs> with resumes. Yeah. However, if somebody is interested in something, you know, interested in getting in touch with you, finding out what your needs are, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you from a business perspective? Email uh, is a good one. My email is G Wilcox, my first initial and last name at H P 
hpfc.com. That stands for Home Point Financial Corp, hpfc.com. And then also on our Home Point Financial website, we have about 150 postings on the site right now. So if there are specific positions there, I'm getting a ton of resumes with people saying I'm interested in a job and not telling me what they're looking for. So if there's a specific one, please reference which role there is. If you are looking for um, a position in a marketing or customer experience function, many of those are actually not listed. So if there's specific skill set, um, send them my way. Oh, I love that. I love be specific people. Very, very important. That makes it easier for Ginger to help you help her help you. Yeah. So be specific. I love that. And then what is your favorite social platform for people to connect and engage and experience all things Ginger? Well, it depends on what you're looking for. So LinkedIn is obviously <laughs> a great one for professional. Um, I like to engage on uh, on Twitter, I, Instagram, if you if you want to see pictures of my dog <laughs> or my backyard, because that's all that's on there these days. <laughs> right along with everyone else, right? Like our dogs are superstars now. <laughs> I don't spend as much time on Facebook as I used to, but I am on Facebook as well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will make sure to drop those links in the show notes and in the comments below if you're watching on Facebook Live. Any last words that you want to speak over the Fire Up community, Ginger? Anything on your heart after our conversation today? You know, just if you're if you're going through a hard time right now, uh, you're not alone and reach out to family and friends. I think now more than ever, we all need each other. And and if you're in a, a leadership position and maybe it wasn't what you thought it was going to be this year, Try to have a little bit of a different lens, I would say, and think about how um, how lucky you are to be able to lead during such a challenging time because true leaders are really going to shine, I think, this year. I love that. Well, and I think it's appropriate to, to end with your one word for the next 12 months, which is breathe. Yes. Y'all take nice, beautiful, deep breaths and we give ourselves grace. We shake off the shame for decisions we made that didn't work out so well uh, for behaviors. We, you know, we might've shared or sprinkled on our communities that we really wish we hadn't. It's okay. Give yourself grace on grace on grace right now. Thank you so much, Ginger, for joining me, for joining me for a special Moxie chat. This was a blast. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person at a future real estate event that would that would be so wonderful to see you again and give you a great big hug when we're allowed to be in each other's presence (laughs) i look forward to that hug (laughs) so then my friend take good care bye thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass moxie and fire want more information on what we talked about today you'll find the show notes and links over on my website debratraben.com Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, Elevate and empower your world.